Truth News Network. Texas declares war on the border. And their enemy? The United States. Who do you think is going to win that conflict? More importantly, how will it be resolved? These are questions few have the nerve to ask, but we do. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And your straight talker is Dan Newman. How many, um, how many dilemmas, how many issues, your own personal, your family members, your business, and of course your government, how many of those are laying on your dinner plate tonight? <laughs> if you're like me, there's not enough time or imagination or ability to think through and come up with a consensus of which of these things are the most important. There are so many things that Americans are having to deal with. And as many as we have, think about this, countries overseas, around the world that are authoritarian or totalitarian. Think about what those citizens are dealing with that are even worse than what we're seeing. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. Big news day today. It just seems lately Thursdays end up being that way. Maybe everybody tries to get stuff done and all the talking about those things before the weekend comes around. If so, they're being really, really successful. We've got a look at what happened overnight over in Israel and Gaza. There's some big happenings there. Also up in Maine, a real mass shooting. 22 people slaughtered by a nut job. Literally, a clarified just got out of the Lulu farm and put back on the street with an automatic weapon. I'm sure there'll be a lot of controversy about that, more than we've had recently, because this guy should certainly not have been released from a mental hospital, and even more certain was that he did not and should not have a gun. We've got that. We also have kind of some follow-up on Congressman Mike Johnson from here in Louisiana winning the House speakership yesterday. Every Republican in the House of Representatives voted for Mike Johnson. A lot of speculation, a lot of thoughts about can he get the job done, how's he going to get it done. He's laying out the plans. He's got it all staked out. And guess what? It's all right down the line, constitutionally. Go figure, a constitutional attorney, Mike Johnson, wants to make sure everything that happens in the House of Representatives is constitutional, and he's got a plan to make it so. Plus much, much, much more today. And yes, we're aiming toward the weekend. And our part of the world, even though Halloween is not until next week, Halloween celebration happens in Shreveport, Louisiana this weekend. So we're prepping for that. And it's going to be an amazing weekend, too. Do you realize that the NFL is almost halfway through its season? It seems like they just started playing football. Colleges now are working on those conferences that they're in, getting in line to see what bowls these teams from these schools are going to get. Time's flying. 
Lots of things happening, hard to keep up with. We're going to do just that for you, with you, together. So don't go anywhere. Lots to share with you. Just drink another cup of coffee. want to say hello to you again and I uh, hope you enjoyed that little song. Where's Basha? B-A-S-I-E. That was Basha just singing that song. She's from Czechoslovakia, is a really, really good singer and she writes all that stuff. But I haven't seen anything new come out of her mouth in years. I liked her music. I really did. Back in the, I guess, the late 90s, maybe early 90s, sometime along in there. Basha was out there. Anyway, much to take care of today. And let's begin with some good news. Our economy, it's growing. 
growing at a really fast rate. Well, at least it was this past summer. U.S. economic growth surged during the summer as we boosted our spending ahead of growing challenges that could limit our ability to maintain any momentum, principally because we're not able to buy everything that we could buy at the beginning of the summer. Inflation still grows. Gross domestic product, that's the price that everything costs. We spend money for, that's the GDP, gross domestic product, grew at a seasonally and inflation-adjusted 4.9% annual rate during the third quarter. That was the fastest rate since late 2021, much stronger than the economists were expecting just a couple of months ago. The economy expanded 2.1% in the second quarter. This year's economic resilience, it could soon face some tests. Rising long-term interest rates, wars in Ukraine and the Middle East, the possibilities of a partial government shutdown, prolonged labor strikes, all of these are factors that could cause economic cracks to emerge. And that little bitty thing about the price of oil, it's bumping the $100 a barrel level. The big reason for the summer's blowout growth, Americans stepped up spending. They defied, I should say we defied, the expectations that we would pull back because of a bunch of interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. They did those interest rate spikes to cool the inflation by slowing down the economy. If that was their objective, they failed on it. So which should we be excited about, economic experts? Should we be excited that we spent more money, that our economy is growing, or that the interest rate hikes of the Federal Reserve to slow down our economy didn't work? That might mean they'd have to raise interest rates one more time. Our spending rose at an annual rate of 4% in the third quarter. That's up from a gain of 0.8% in the previous quarter and the largest increase since the fourth quarter of 2021. So what does all this mean? It means one thing that is certain. That's the only part of our economic stuff that is absolutely positively going to happen. We will hear and see victory laps out of every Democrat in our government, from the White House to the Congress. Everybody's going to claim, look at what's happening. Look what we did for you. Look how our economy is soaring now. And we'll hear those claims for about two or three months. Meanwhile, what does that mean to you? Well, honestly, when I hear these numbers, I just shake my head. I go to the store. Everything's more expensive. They've even got now where they're reducing the size of loaves of bread and boxes of cereal to keep the prices the same, but giving us less for our money. And that's not just in loaves of bread and cereal boxes, folks. It's across the board. Check the contents of the things that you buy, especially in the grocery store. If you've got some old ones at home that may not be quite empty, compare the volume of what's in each one of those things, 
the volume of the stuff you still have on the shelf from before, the bottles, compare them to the new ones that you buy today that you pay the same price. If you're lucky, you get less product. And of course, in many cases, they're not even trying to hide it. They're reducing what we're getting, even though we're paying more money for what we're getting. Can this stuff last forever? Or is this something we might grow out of? Or somebody in the government do something or some things to get rid of this inflation problem that we have, which is almost totally fueled by the massive spending of our federal government. We just happened to find out last week. You remember this? We talked about this. For some reason, can't imagine what it could be, but for some reason, we lost tens of billions of dollars of tax money that we were expecting. Not we, the Biden administration was expecting to be paid into the government. Well, how could that possibly be? Joe Biden got Congress to raise, raise interest rates. Raise interest rates. Costs go up across the board. It impacts everybody. He raised taxes too. Now, that should mean more money coming to the government, right? You raise taxes, you're going to pay more. No, what happens? People make less, they spend less, and when we don't spend, what does that mean? The people we buy stuff from, they're not making profits, so they're not paying taxes. It's not just a one-level thing. Experts have said for generations that the dollar that is spent by American consumers, that one dollar rolls over 11 times. What does that mean, Dan? That means when we go buy an icy, we buy the icy from a store that sells ICs. What do they do with that dollar? Well, they'll put it in their cash register at the end of the, the month. They got to pay their bills. So they look at all the dollars that they have in their cash register and they take a bunch of those dollars and they buy products. They buy the big canisters that have the icy juice in them and they buy those from a vendor and they spend that dollar with that vendor who then turns around some of that $1 is profit, not as much as it was before but it's still some profit so they can pay their bills. They pay their bills to somebody they buy their stuff from. And it goes over and over and over. That's the way the economy works. Biden still thinks that if you raise taxes on everybody, that means more money's coming into the federal government. Not so. People don't have that more money to spend on things, the things that they sold, that they got paid for, costs go up. There's just not as much, nearly as much profit, income, real income in our economy. And they still don't get it in the Biden economics. Janet Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, every time she gets in front of a 
a uh, congressional panel. She starts spouting all this stuff out. Her predictions, every one of them, every single one of them, have been wrong. That shouldn't surprise any of us because Robert Gates, former CIA director, Secretary of the Defense, former president of Texas A&M University, he spent almost all of his professional career in American government. He worked with, side by side, dealt with, for many, many years, our president and government work, Joe Biden. Bob Gates said three years ago, every foreign policy decision Joe Biden has ever made was a catastrophe. We're finding out it's not just in foreign policy, and we're going to get into some of that later in the show, second hour probably. There's new bad news out there. I'm sure you want to hear about it. But people that are in that business that watch the moving parts and the people that move them, they know things that you and I don't know. Gates happens to be one of those guys. He knows foreign policy really well. There are so many question marks today that hang in the air over Joe Biden's head when he makes foreign policy decisions. Even before the effects are felt in almost every case, when I hear him saying those things in speeches or saying those things in an interview, I just shake my head. I can't believe this guy's been in government for so long. And even I understand things that he either doesn't understand or he's just lying about when he talks about them. And Bob Gates was right. So how long is this quote-unquote amazing economy going to last? I think it's already over. That was the third quarter of the summer. We're into fall now. Before we know it, we'll be turning a calendar page into a new year. That's going to happen about 20 minutes from now. You know what I mean. Time seems to be flying by. And I think it has a lot to do with there are so many things going on at one time. Some of it are good, but most of them are not good for the American people. That we try to keep our eyes on everything, and that makes everything move fast, faster. It really doesn't, but the appearance and the evidence seems to show us that everything's getting busier and busier and good results are happening fewer and fewer times. We got to find a way to get on top of it. Economic news, when these reports come out in the morning before the show, we always bring them to you at the top of the show. Let's move on. Of course, you heard about the new mass shooting that happened overnight up in Maine. A horrible, horrible situation, even overnight. Uh, the people at Fox News were out there, and uh, they were really getting into it. You're going to hear from a couple of those people and some people on the ground up there in just a little bit. But let me give you the, the lay of what this looks like at this point about what happened Wednesday night. Lewiston, Maine is the town where this happened, and they've inter- identified the guy who did the shootings. Robert Card, C-A-R-D is his name. Reports are out there that law enforcement indicate Card is a certified firearms instructor and a member of the U.S. Army Reserves. Now, why would they do that report? Why would they put that out first? You know why? It was put out first by CNN. Guns. 
Guns are evil. Card is 40 years old. Police said they believe they found his car, a white Subaru Outback. The Subaru was found near the Lisbon boat dock in Lewiston. Maine State Police spokesman Janin Moss released an alert that stated there's an active shooter situation in the city of Lewiston. Law enforcement's asking people to shelter in place. Please stay inside your homes with the doors closed and locked. Law enforcement at the federal level, the local and state level, they are on the ground trying to find this guy. And they find out a lot about him. The one thing that shined the brightest when I started looking into details this morning was this. He did a stint in a mental hospital just months ago. He is an accomplished firearms expert. Been in the military for years, U.S. Army Reserves for almost 20 years. He is a marksman, and he's trained in guerrilla warfare. And they let him out of the nut house and didn't take that automatic rifle away from him. There's a daisy chain of lunacy and idiocy in this. And listen closely. The idiocy and lunacy isn't on the part of the gun. It's on the part of the people that let this guy loose and didn't do what was necessary to keep him from doing what he did last night. Now, 22 people are dead. And they don't even have the guy. They don't have a clue where he is. You know, I uh, somebody sent me something a few days ago, and I, I put it somewhere where I wanted to make sure the next time gun control conversation comes up that uh, I'd have that for you. And I thought about it just before we went live this morning. I can't find it, but I will find it. It is the facts, the numbers throughout history around the globe. The nations that fought hard to take the guns away from their citizens. And when they did it, in every one of these examples, and I'm sure it hadn't happened every time, but it's happened far more than we would like to think around the world. When the governments take the guns away from people, the government then has a green light to just go in and do whatever they want to do to their citizens. And in many cases, I was shocked to realize how many times in history it's happened When the people don't have guns, the government takes over. And in those takeovers, there have been wars and mass slaughters of civilian citizens in these countries. That age-old thing people keep saying. I I, I think Ronald Reagan was the first one to say it. If he wasn't, he was the first one that made a difference in me that I began to say, whoa, there's some stuff there. The government, they say, why? Why do you have to have guns? And it's not a case of we, the people, have to have guns. But it is our right. It's our constitutional right, which has been confirmed dozens and dozens of times in rendering 
verdicts coming through the U.S. Supreme Court, we have the right to be armed as U.S. citizens. It's going to ramp up again. Isn't it? it always does. It always does. The reason our forefathers made sure we had the ability to own guns was not for us to go after the government because we don't like the government. It's to protect us ultimately against the government from coming and do to us what governments around the world through world history have done. Here's the latest story that I could find before we went on air with the details about this shooting up there in Maine overnight. Listen closely. Got to get your thoughts on this, sir. You live 30 minutes from where this shooting happened, series of shootings in Lewiston, Maine. How did you learn what happened and what did you do in response? Actually, a, a friend called me. I otherwise wouldn't have known anything about it, although I, I passed that place uh, where where those things occurred probably twice a week, twice or three times a week. Uh, and, you know, I think people just have to keep in mind that on the one hand, it, it, it sounds like another event in a place which uh, uh, is just another place. But the odd thing about this is that these people, we, we people around here, um, yes, a shock and grief, and I can't even begin to think about the heartache, but it's also the fact that people around here trust each other, Todd. Um, we do good for each other all the time. This is a small place. Uh, the entire state only has about a million people. So we're we're a very small, wooded place. I'm probably 20 minutes from where it happened. Uh, and uh, so what did I do? I think uh, there's about 100, I'm in Androscoggin County, there are about 100,000 members of uh, Maine who are in Androscoggin, citizens of Maine in Androscoggin County, and I did what most of them probably did. I uh, I racked up my 9mm and I, I uh, put it beside me, and uh, if anything comes through my front door, I'll be ready for it. But you have to understand, everybody around here is familiar with firearms. Um, I would bet you that two-thirds of the county did exactly what I did, uh, which is just to say um, it's unsettling, uh, it's, it's really terrible for the families afflicted, um, it will break the trust for a long time. It's a wound that will heal, but it will it will leave a scar uh, because we're not used to anything like this around here. Nothing, nothing like this. We just got word that the shelter in place has been extended to Lisbon. That, of course, the location where the white Subaru was found. But knowing this area as well as you do, Robert. This is a wooded area. I understand that yep. the, the general Lewiston area is somewhat of an urban area, but the surrounding environs, I mean, this is Maine woods. How tough is it going to be to catch this guy, especially if he has tactical training from his time in the military? Yeah, I don't know what his training is other than what I've read in the papers. But, you know, between me and where uh, that event occurred is mostly woods. Uh, we're, we're a pretty uh, undense area. And so uh, there's a lot of people like me, I'm sure, that are just uh, doing what I'm doing, which is just being prepared in case. And uh, there are tools, law enforcement. I've worked with law enforcement for a long time myself. They, they There are tools that you can use, and I won't get into them in any depth, but to say that... Um, Gradually, they will they will they will put a ring around this place and they will shrink it down until they find him. And um, I just I do want to say I cannot I cannot say enough good for law enforcement. Law enforcement is out there for you and for me 
and for all of my neighbors today uh, going out there and taking a big risk in order to get this guy down and to bring him down uh, and to prevent any further harm from happening in this community. So I love law enforcement. I always have. And I think Americans ought to take, uh, you know, two, two or three lessons out of this. One is, uh, you know, the Second Amendment has value. And frankly, everybody in this region has a gun and uh, they're going to be using it if they need to, to protect themselves and their families. Second, law enforcement is our friend every day of the week. They do their level best, 99% of them, every day of the week, and they go into danger's way for us. And this is a classic example, uh, even as we mourn and grieve for these families, and I hope and pray uh, that, there are, that the people who are wounded get through it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are, we are blessed to have law enforcement officers who care as much as, as they do around here. Can't imagine the horror that is resting in the hearts and minds of people up there in that little town in Maine, especially the family members of those 22 that were slaughtered. It's unimaginable that individuals would do that kind of stuff. If you put it in perspective of what's happening in the Middle East, obviously it doesn't even compare. But those kind of things are expected to happen in the Middle East. You have the tension between Christians and Jews and Muslims. And the friction is historical. It's been there for generations. We don't expect those kinds of things to happen here, do we? But they do happen. What's ahead? Well, we'll talk a little bit about the ascension to the House Speaker position, Mike Johnson. I think everybody understands what happened, how it happened. There's no need to go back into that. But we've got some inside details we'll share with you. Also, after this break, we're going to get into what's going on in Israel. The latest, latest of it all. We have much, much more. Stay close. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but goes beyond that you deserve to save <laughs> heard that before you deserve to save i know i need you to hear me you deserve to save i deserve to save i mean he has a way of making you feel seen bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com believe in the power of friendship really you guys are good <laughs> movies right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. Saying it out loud. No spin. 
only the truth. Again, Dan Newman. You're probably like me, one American, that we keep wondering when Israel, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, are going to launch that ground incursion that we've been told every day for, gosh, two and a half weeks. It's going to be the mother of all invasions when it happens. Well, overnight, we may, we just may, have gotten a glimpse of it. And uh, we still don't know for sure if it really is the beginning of this massive ground incursion by the Israelis, the IDF, their forces into Gaza. But there's some nasty stuff that happened overnight. Fox News alert, overnight Israeli troops launching what's being called the largest ground raid into northern Gaza since the war began. And moments ago, the IDF confirmed it eliminated five Hezbollah cells that tried to launch rockets at Israel. Officials also confirming there are at least 224 hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza, but that number could rise. The brief incursion comes hours after the Wall Street Journal reported that Israel agreed to delay a full ground invasion until the Pentagon can deploy air defense systems to protect American troops in the region. Those systems are expected to be in place later this week. Let's bring in former Assistant Secretary of State for George W. Bush, Robert Charles. Robert, great to have you here. What's your takeaway from this breaking news overnight? Was this a way to soften targets in anticipation of a ground invasion? Was this a trial run for a ground invasion or some combination of both? You know, the, the, the way a war should be fought, Todd, in, in, in every situation is surprise is, the, is an advantage. And so I, I'm not even going to make a guess. I'm just going to say that um, Israel is doing what Israel has to do. Uh, my hope is that they can avoid as much collateral damage as possible in Gaza and anywhere else that it, it ends up spreading. And also that escalation can be uh, kept in mind. We, we, we don't want this to escalate. This is essentially a proxy war with Iran. Um, and I think everybody who knows anything about the region, and I've been in you know, almost all the countries of the region over the years, uh, knows that this is a proxy war with Iran, where Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Fatah, and others are really doing Iran's bidding and are underwritten by Iran. So my hope is that this just stays, um, gets done quickly without collateral damage as much as possible, and ultimately uh, doesn't escalate. A lot of smoke right now in the live visuals that we are showing from Gaza. There's a bunch of other stuff happening over there that uh, you won't hear much about it coming from the pulpit or the front of the White House press secretary briefings. And that is the other stuff that's happening in the Middle East that impacts the United States. Do you know we've had a bunch of U.S. troops seriously injured in two days by attacks coming out of, we think it's maybe not out of Iran, but it's some of their proxies that are coming after the United States. Iran doesn't want to face us directly. They want to delay a war, but they want to go and they will continue to go after us. But here's the thing. Joe Biden just will not do what has to be done to stop Iran from initiating these kinds of attacks. We remain deeply concerned by the potential for future attacks on our, our troops. As you're right, we've seen, and I'm, I'm guesstimating here, but it's about a dozen over the last several days. We're taking it very, very seriously. The, our commanders on the ground 
have the right to defend themselves and their troops and can take the appropriate and are taking the appropriate force protection uh, uh, measures. Ari. They're not taking it seriously, and that's the very problem in essence. What we are saying to Iran is attempted murder is fine. Now, if they murder somebody, maybe we'll do something different. Who knows? I suspect Joe Biden's knees will buckle and he won't do what's necessary to deter Iran and protect Americans. Look, I miss Donald Trump. If Donald Trump were in power, he would have sent a message as soon as Hamas attacked Israel that if Iran does a thing, if Hezbollah does a thing, that'll be their last breath they ever take and they're never going to have an oil field again. And that's what we need to do. That is what we need to do. Joe Biden, his answer for anybody that has a problem with anything or anybody in the United States is, can't we just all get along? We won't come after you. We like you, but you can't be messing with us. He always stops there if he has conversations like that because they know he's not going to do anything. Listen to this. 21 American troops were injured in drone attacks against bases, our bases in Iraq and Syria in just two days. 21. It was confirmed that all the members returned to duty. They weren't serious injuries, thank God. But added, in some cases, service members can report in injuries, such as traumatic brain injury, several days and weeks after the attacks occur. So that number is probably going to go up. Last week, Iran's proxy forces, that's Hamas, and uh, also Hezbollah launched attacks against our bases amid airstrikes in preparation for Israel's ground invasion into Gaza after Hamas terrorists killed more than 1,400 in that attack targeting Jews in southern Israel back on October 7th. That day is going to, in many people's minds around the world, it's going to supplant the horror that we think about when we say 9-11. October 7th is going to be embedded in people's minds around the world. Everybody knows, everybody understands, Joe Biden despises Donald Trump. Joe Biden is scared to death that if he makes it to the 2024 election, that Donald Trump may beat him. And so what does he try to do? This is the mark of a stupid individual. Stupid individual. Stupid is this. If you got a problem and you know how to fix it, if it's your problem alone, if you're flying solo, or if it's a problem with somebody else or some group of people, and you have the power to confront that person or those people and get it resolved and you don't, that's stupid. Think about that. Look at what Barack and Joe did about Basra Assad in Syria. He was gassing and killing his own people. Well, Barack Obama, he wasn't very much of anybody foreign intelligence savvy when he spent his eight years as U.S. president. So nobody should be shocked, but he decided, I've got to show it. I've got to prove it to all these people. So he got up on a television camera, a White House press secretary briefing with Joe standing at his side and said, looky here, Bashar Assad, if you one more time kill 
gas, one of your citizens, you're crossing our red line. Of course, he didn't say, Obama didn't say what would happen if Assad crossed his red line. Well, Basra Assad did it again. What happened to Basra Assad? Nothing. It was an empty threat. Why would anybody, not just a politician, not just a U.S. president, but anybody that has a problem with someone else that's serious and you feel like you have the right to make sure they stop doing it again and you threaten that we're going to take you out or we're going to punish you, we're going to do this or do that, and then when they do it again, you don't do anything? Everybody around the globe sees that happening right now. Everybody does. Joe Biden either doesn't know what to do, how to do it, doesn't want to do it, or doesn't care. And sadly, it's becoming more and more obvious to a lot of Americans. Look at what happened in Hawaii. Look at what happened in Maui. Have you heard anything about Maui of late? What is the federal government doing? All those people that lost everything they've owned, and it's not one or two or three or four, it's hundreds of people that lost billions of dollars. I don't know if you know this or not, but everything in the Hawaiian Islands cost at least twice what it cost anywhere else in the world. And as far as real estate, oh my gosh, It's 10, 15, 20 times what you pay for something similar in the continental United States in most places. Our president has done nothing. They bragged about, they got up in front of a press crowd and they bragged about, looky here, we're going to write a one-time $700 check to the head of any household when they proved to us what they lost in that fire. And those Hawaiian people, when they, they, they heard $700? I mean, that's two or three trips to Burger King with the family. And they haven't done anything since. And it gets worse and worse. The governor of Hawaii has actually come out and he's trying to get permission for the state to take over ownership of that whole part of Maui that burned. You hear anything coming out of Washington? Not a peep. Biden hates Donald Trump. This is just one more reason why he does. You remember when Donald Trump and his administration, when they were planning, they want to get us out of Afghanistan They put a plan together, a very exhaustive plan to get us out of Afghanistan. Of course, when Joe Biden took office and he decided, I'm going to take us out of Afghanistan, and he pulled the trigger, and it's been nothing but a horror show for everybody involved in it. And people, American people, our allies that work with us, many of us still locked up behind doors trying to keep from being caught by the Taliban when they were told by Joe Biden, 
before our military leaves. We're going to get everybody out, all Americans, anybody that work with us, and they've earned the right to be taken to the United States as they were promised they would be if and when we pulled out. We're not going to leave you here. And then he just pulled out. And then he began to point fingers at Donald Trump. And he just ball-faced lied and said they didn't have a withdrawal plan. The first time I had that, I heard that I almost choked because I had a copy of it here in the studio at TNN Live. It was available for public view and still is. And I remember when the story came out, when they were putting it together with the leader, the leader of the Taliban. They had an executed agreement for withdrawal with the Taliban. We did. And in a conversation with that leader, the first time that he, our Secretary of Defense, our Secretary of State at the time, they were both involved in this plan with the president, our president. And so Donald Trump stepped in to have a conversation with this guy, and they were on a Skype or something like that. And the guy, the Afghanistani guy in charge, Taliban guy, he began to brag about how honest they are and what they were going to do, yada, yada, yada. Trump didn't say anything. And then he took something out of a folder and stuck it up in front of the camera so that that leader of the Taliban could see what was in that picture. And it was a picture of his home. And Trump held it up and said, Mr. So-and-so, I don't know what his name was. He said, I just want you to understand, we know where you live. And if you break your commitments in this agreement in any way, we know where you live and we're going to take you out. It was all signed, sealed, delivered, and Joe Biden walked away from it. He hates Donald Trump because Trump was a good leader and Trump got stuff done. Why, why are we allowing the minions that answer to and work for the nation of Iran to even fire on us anywhere in the world, but especially in the Middle East, with no penalty for doing it? Has Joe Biden done anything, anything in the face of what's happened against the Israeli people? Not a freaking thing. Nothing but a bunch of empty words. In fact, there are millions of Americans that believe that Joe Biden honestly supports Hamas. And of course, the second part of that is he's scared to death of Iran. Have you thought that through? Why do you think Joe Biden feels that way about Iran? Based on his history, let me tell you, I, I feel like I know. It's my opinion, but facts very bear out what I'm about to tell you is the reason. Iran has dirt on Joe Biden. All that money, that more than a billion dollars that went on a plane in the middle of the night from the Obama-Biden administration, supposedly to seal that Iran nuclear deal with Iran, I will bet your bippy 
that Joe Biden got something out of that, and they have it on him. And therefore, his deal, and he's a quid pro quo guy. Everything evolves around, hey, I'll do something for you if you do something for me. More about that coming up this morning. Gosh, we've got so much stuff that's still coming up. And nevertheless, it's a fact. If Joe was tough, he would act tough. He would do the right thing. He's allowing one of our world enemies, the number one terror funder on the planet, Iran, to get away with conducting illegal acts and hitting, hurting, injuring 21 American troops. What do you think Donald Trump would have done? First off, Iran wouldn't have done anything with Trump in office because they know what he would do. You know how they know it? They watched him do it. He took Soleimani out, the number one war general in Iran. When Iran killed that American journalist, Trump didn't even call him. He just sent a drone and took Soleimani out, killed him. And then he got on whatever source of information, having conversations with Iran's leaders. And he said, if you retaliate in any way, we will come after you. And they didn't do anything for the rest of the Trump administration. You got to remember this. Joe Biden works for us. We're his bosses. He's just one pawn in the U.S. government that is part of the government that according to our constitutional is to be, was to be when it was made and put together and passed, is always supposed to be government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. Joe Biden doesn't agree with that. And he doesn't even bother you and I feeling that way because he feels like he can do anything and everything he wants and he's not being accountable. He's not being held with any consequences for anything he's done. But overnight, some more bad, bad news was confirmed about Joe Biden. Evidence confirmed about Joe Biden being in big-time trouble. If you haven't heard about it, get set. You'll spit out your false teeth. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Oh, oh, are we at the gas station? Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. <laughs> Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. 
You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! Our puppy's okay. Is a shooting star okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? Um, Are you with me? You seem confused. Let's role play. Now. Uh, okay, I'm Steve. I'm an actor. No, no, and... no. Just order something. Uh, I'll have... You will have a nice cold glass of the best thing you ever tasted. Okay? Okay. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's okay! Okay! Okay, what have we learned today? You want a Pepsi? I want a Pepsi. She wants a Pepsi. There you go. Okay! My little John. Oh, come. I've got to come up with my own catchphrase. Okay! The Truth and Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future. TNN, The Truth News Network. By the way, that Pepsi commercial, Diet Pepsi, Diet Pepsi. I discovered Diet Pepsi in 1989. We moved from North Louisiana to Indianapolis and the radio station there that I did the afternoon drive show on for several years. They, in their uh, soft drink machine, they didn't have Diet Coke, but they had Diet Pepsi. And I drank one and I was hooked. I drink it. I just finished my last swallow (laughs) out of my tumbler here in the studio and it contained... Diet Pepsi. Now, don't get on me about, oh, it's got that artificial sweetener in there and it's causing cancer, yada, yada, yada. It may be right. For every report out there that is a scientific investigation document that says it does cause cancer, those aspartame and whatever the others are named. But I'm 70. 18, 19, uh, 1989 to 70, that's a lot of years. And I've enjoyed a whole lot of Diet Pepsi. Well, back to the Joe Biden stuff. Let, let me start this by telling you, when Christopher Ray comes before Congress, it just makes my, my toenails curl. I think he is the most dishonest person in the Biden administration. And that's a stretch. I mean, you got to really, really hunker down low for me to think that you're the most criminal person in the Biden administration, but I really think he is. Let me give you an example. Why don't you do this? Google, how much money did Christopher Ray make last year? Now, a typical bureaucrat in a position like he is, the director of the FBI, one would think he'd make, you know, Maybe most $200,000 a year. Here's what we're going to do. This is live, and typically this is a huge mistake, but I'm going to just Google, and let's see how much money, salary, 
at the FBI. $172,000. You know what his income was that he reported last year for his previous year? Now, he doesn't have another job. He doesn't have a filthy rich wife. He's a bureaucrat. His salary, $172,000 a year. $4 million in income two years ago. And I haven't seen the number for last year. To me, it sounds an awful lot alike. That compensation plan for, well, I don't know, Joe Biden. Kind of comparative, wouldn't you think? We've given you all of the financial proof of how much money Joe Biden started making. I mean, buttloads full of cash after he left the White House, after he left his Senate job. So it's come clear, suspected, no longer suspected. Guess what has been going on for a long time in the FBI? We find out, we didn't, Senator Grassley from Iowa found out, and he has the sources, that the FBI have been spying on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden for decades. (laughs) And that they, the FBI, have received criminal information on Joe and Hunter Biden from over 40 confidential sources. Now that means they've been spying and they probably are blackmailing or have been blackmailing the guy that's now the president of the United States in 30 years was a U.S. senator. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from has been saying about the FBI and the Biden family has just been confirmed. For years, we've told you the FBI knew everything the Bidens were up to. The cash, the Chinese diamonds, American policy for sale. Not only was Biden blackmailing other countries and other countries blackmailing him, but the FBI was blackmailing Biden. Senator Chuck Grassley just announced that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has had 40 informants inside the Biden family for the last 15 years. What does that mean? It's exactly what you think. 40 FBI informants, going back to the time Joe Biden was vice president, have been providing criminal information to FBI field offices throughout the country. 40 FBI informants have been feeding the Bureau exactly what Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden have been doing all over the world. Primetime isn't sure the FBI had this many informants working on the Trump campaign. So what does it mean that the FBI has had the Biden family wired? And what does it mean that the FBI hasn't done a thing? Well, it tells me that the FBI knows all of the president's dirty laundry and is blackmailing him. Because Senator Grassley also revealed that multiple FBI field offices tried to run this criminal information back to headquarters and were blocked at every corner. This criminal activity was shut down during the Trump impeachment, shut down before the last election, and it's still being shut down today. Grassley says FBI headquarters deliberately smeared 
criminal information coming from FBI informants about the Biden family as foreign disinformation, when in fact, after an exhaustive examination, there's never been any information that any of this has been foreign. Even the FBI informant that said the Bidens shook down Ukraine for a $10 million bribe, that was vetted and found not to be foreign disinformation. But it gets worse. The FBI's attempt to follow up on the $10 million Ukrainian Biden bribe was shut down. The FBI informant who said there's 17 tapes of Biden talking about bribes, that too has been shut down, despite that there's no evidence that this is foreign disinformation. And while all of this is going on, the FBI has been actively planting information against Donald Trump, doctoring emails and disseminating fake dossiers. The FBI used Biden to get revenge on Trump. They got a dirty politician elected so they could defeat a politician who caught them trying to frame him and fire their director. And now we have a compromised president in the White House being protected by a rogue gang of sick agents. And the American people are the real victims of this stupid inside game. You're paying more for everything. The border's wide open and crime is sky high. And we have two proxy wars that Biden can't manage. All because the FBI believes it's more powerful than democracy. Let's wade in a little bit with some details. Now, you got to stay with me. Listen closely. Charles Grassley, senator from Iowa, wrote a letter, got some letters, and um, I don't want to read the entire thing, but let me just get, get you some of the highlights. This letter is based on years of investigation, including the provision of information, records, and allegations from multiple DOJ whistleblowers that indicate there is and has been an effort among certain DOJ and FBI officials to improperly delay and stop full and complete investigative activity into the Biden family, including but not limited to Form 1023s referencing the Bidens. As just one initial example, I've been made aware that at one point in time, the FBI maintained over 40 confidential human sources that provided criminal information relating to Joe, James, and Hunter Biden. In addition, an FBI task force shut down reporting and information from the confidential sources, causing investigative activity to come to a halt. Grassley found out. Now listen to this. Grassley wrote this. According to information provided to my office, the Foreign Influence Task Force attempted to shut down that reporting by falsely saying it was subject to foreign disinformation. For example, the force apparently attempted to shut down an investigation into an FBI FD 1023 form that alleged that Joe and Hunter got $5 million each from Ukrainian oligarch Mikoli Shokleski to have Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin fired. In February of 2020, a meeting took place at the FBI Pittsburgh field office with FBI headquarter elements. That meeting involved discussion about investigative matters relating to Hunter Biden's investigation and related inquiries, which most likely would have included the case against Zlochevsky. Then in March, 
same year, 2020, and at the request of the DOJ, an assessment was opened out of the Pittsburgh field office to determine information provided by Rudy Giuliani was real. He also mentioned a later assessment by an FBI agent that was allegedly used to discredit the bribery allegations in August of that year. This was all going on before the election. In August, and possibly earlier, 2020, Supervisory Intelligence Analyst Brian Auten opened the aforementioned assessment, which was used by the Foreign Influence Tax Force, to seek out CHS holdings at FBI field offices across the country relating to the Biden family and falsely discredit them as foreign disinformation. But it was proven the information provided by Giuliani was real, and it wasn't disinformation. Claims that the Biden family 1023 was part of the information given by Giuliani are incorrect. The information in the Biden family 1023 was obtained separate from Giuliani from a longstanding high-paid FBI informant who's been used in other investigative matters by the FBI. September of election year, the FBI task force communicated with the confidential sources handling FBI agent and attempted to shut down the FD-1023. According to information provided to my office, the Foreign Intelligence Task Force tried to shut down that reporting by falsely saying it was foreign disinformation. Are you following all of this? You know what? These people that are involved in this from the top down, that would probably be Attorney General Merrick Garland, would certainly be Christopher Ray, FBI director. They've known all of this. Nobody can credibly claim that this was not a structured plan orchestrated from the top. Orchestrated from the top of the Department of Justice and the FBI. Who was the president then? <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the president then. Donald Trump was in a campaign at the time to become president, campaigning against Joe Biden. They could not afford to let this information slip out and be confirmed in any way. And so it appears something that I've thought for years was going on over and over and over is that our intelligence committees are in the tank with the Democrat of the day who's in office and in power. And all Donald Trump did was muddy their water. That's all he did. And of course, they failed miserably, even with all the traps that they set. They failed miserably to get him. They tried to set him up in every way. All of the things, and we won't even go into the things, but you know what they were. The traps. They tried to get him in every way they could, but he was clean. I know that's hard to believe for many people. It's hard for me sometimes. But it's not because of things I know or suspect that Donald Trump did that were illegal. The thing that I expect 
that he possibly could have been, I don't believe it now, but I did for years, is because of his messaging. I don't like the way he did and continues to go after people. Go after them kind of like a bully. I always felt and communicated with his daughter, she got the letter, that if he would have quietened his messaging, going after people, giving them names, I know it resonated with a lot of Americans that have been taken advantage of through the years by our government. I get all of that. But I thought if he would have toned it down, he would have been more successful and probably would have had a better shot at repeating instead of losing that election to Joe Biden. And losing that election to Joe Biden, I've got my hand raised. I believe there was a ton of cheating in the voting booth. Now, you can't say that, Dan. They won't even say that anymore. They won't even mention that. They won't let a conversation about that happen at Fox News. Listen, TNN Live is not part of a network. I am the network. I believe in the First Amendment. We exercise it here. I hope you do in your life. If you're not, I think you should. A lawsuit from the America First Legal Foundation, short as AFL, produced some documents yesterday that show the Department of Homeland Security's DHS Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, short as CISA, they worked to discredit the New York Post reporting on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. It just gets deeper and wider and deeper. AFL shared pictures from the documents Wednesday, shared them on X, formerly known as Twitter, and they include an internal CISA email thread from same time period, October 2020, the 14th of October, when the New York Post first reported on Hunter's laptop contents. CISA officials appeared to schedule a meeting that day, October 14th, surrounding the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's relationship with Burisma. Hunter was paid more than $80,000 a month as a Burisma board member. If you've not forgotten it, can't remember, it was a million dollars. He had no experience in the energy sector, knew nothing about Ukraine other than it had been known for decades as the most financially corrupt nation in Europe. Dad, Joe, attended a dinner with Burisma executives in spring of 2015 and spoke with Hunter's foreign business associate on roughly 20 occasions. Now, this is according to Devin Archer, who testified under oath. Devin was um, Hunter Biden's former business partner. And Devin testified that to be fact to the Oversight Committee back in July. Archer said the Biden family brand protected Burisma from scrutiny and kept the firm in business. Now back to CISA. In addition, a CISA official appeared to link the New York Post Hunter Biden's laptop coverage to a QAnon conspiracy theory and a barrage of 
supposedly false information that was spread about Joe ahead of the 2020 election. Driving the news, recent reports about what was purported to be Hunter Biden's computer hard drive have sparked renewed activity from QAnon with more concrete ideas to latch on to. That came from CISA. On the day the New York Post reported on the alleged hard drive, Q posted 16 times. The CISA employee also linked the Hunter laptop story to the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Remember that one? And convoluted web of falsehoods being spread to undermine Joe. And this again is from AFL, the CISA operation. The organization obtained the documents through a Freedom of Information Act for records related to the government's attempt to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. Here we are. Donald Trump, he hasn't been president for three and a half years. The Hunter laptop story and the Biden family corruption stories that much of, I would say probably 40% there in getting all the facts that totally over the top prove the Biden family syndicate was real and that Joe was and is up to his eyeballs in responsibility. Now, brought up the time thing there because I wanted you to think just for a second. Do you realize how long this has been going on? I mean, the Biden laptop thing and the cover-up about it, that was long after Donald Trump had spent millions of his own dollar protecting himself while you and I, the taxpayers, had spent tens of millions of dollars as our FBI and Department of Justice were putting, falsely putting pieces of quote-unquote evidence together to implicate Trump so that Democrats in the House and the Senate could go after him and impeach him to get him out of office. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen. And that whole process, I just I just spent 10 minutes telling you the details. I promise you, I don't know who's listening, but I promise you several, if not many of you, as I was breaking down the details, you were thinking about something else. You were losing your train of thought because it gets time-consuming. You've got to listen closely, and it obviously was a perfected plan. At least they thought it was perfected, but it was a plan. There were a bunch of meetings by a bunch of people that have big top-level jobs in your government that in all of these meetings, they weren't doing the people's business. They were doing the protect Joe Hunter and Jim Biden business. And they were at the same time trying to do the old trick I tell you about over and over again. When a member of government waves their right hand in the air and they're screaming about something, the truth is not what's in their hand or what they're screaming about. It's what's in the other hand they have behind their backs. And you can book it. If they start screaming and hollering, instead of quietly just giving facts and pointing you to any 
other source of factual information that backs up what they're screaming about. They want to rave, but evidence, truth, facts, they don't have them. So they have to do something else to try to protect themselves from criminality. And this is supposed to be the greatest country in world history. The country's really great. But the leadership in this country right now, and much of the leadership was there during the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, are illegals conducting illegal activity, blackmailing numerous people. Why? Because they can and they're doing it to get up, get something up on somebody so that somewhere down the line they can monetize that. Jesus himself, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the love of money. Money used to drive Washington, D.C. Now, it's not just money. It's not just the love of money. It's power. People are lusting for power. Many people in our government that have a lot of power, they are lusting for more. And they're finding all kinds of ways and people that will help them come up with and perfect those ways to get something over on somebody in government. I will bet you there are dozens of people around the world and in the United States that have that power over this president. You can book it. Now, talk a little bit about what happened over in Maui, what Joe Biden did over there. It just seems like they don't care about the people in Hawaii because there's no leadership there. Those people on Maui lost everything. They lost their lives. Many people lost everything they have, and they see no hope to get any of it back, and they're not getting or hearing any answers from the Joe Biden White House. Tulsi Gabbard, Joe Rogan, they got in a conversation about this. And remember, Tulsi is from Hawaii born and raised there. She knows the island from east to west, north to south, especially Maui. She knows it better than most. Listen to this. The FEMA director comes out and does this press conference, I think it was at the White House, and she says, we're giving a one-time $700 payment to everybody who's been impacted by the wildfire. A one-time $700 payment. Hawaii has the highest cost of living in the entire country. And how freaking insulting is it? The lead disaster response administrator from the Biden administration stand there and proudly say, hey, we're giving everybody one $700 payment. What's going on in Maui right now is so sad. What, what, what did they say? What's going on? <laughs> They're trying to take the land. Yep. The state is trying to take the land. The governor came out right after the tragedy saying we're looking to see if we can acquire the land and build a memorial. The amount of money it would cost to rebuild all those homes that burnt is $5 billion, and the amount that they accidentally oversent to Ukraine was $6 billion. Hell no! Why is it that our federal government refuses to help Americans and wants to help everybody else? Money to the Palestinians cursing under their breath the people of Israel 
Israel has gone through it. More Israelis killed in one day ever this year, ever on October 7th. And yet we have spent and sent more than $100 billion in cash and a bunch of other military equipment to Ukraine. And so Ukraine's gotten a lot, and Ukraine's getting a bunch from other nations. Yeah, we're the big brother, and of course we always act like it, and we want to look like it and seem to be the most prosperous nation on the planet and that we can afford to pay whatever we want to pay to anybody. But that's not the case. That's not necessarily the case. But facts don't really matter, do they? Does Joe Biden give a rip? You do realize that that bill that he sent to Congress begging for aid, he launched his request based upon what happened in Israel. But then when he comes out and splits it up, he's, he wants to give four times more money to Ukraine than we give to Israel. And Israel's horror show, you and I both know this, it's not even close to being over. It's not. Those people... They're in desperate straits, and it is just getting started because Iran and several other Muslim countries, you do realize that in the Quran, which is the Muslim Bible, it talks about dealing with people that aren't of the Muslim faith, and it instructs every good Muslim when they interact with Christians or any other religious-based person, you're, you're to do one of two things. You give it your best shot to try to convert them to Islam. And if you're unsuccessful doing that, you kill them. It's that simple. Six million exterminated in World War II by the Germans. Oh, no, there's no proof of that. I saw, I saw at Dachau myself. It really happened. It really happened. And there are generations of people that are still around, not nearly as many as there were because they're dying away, but people that went through that. Do you realize how close we're coming? How close we are? to realizing something like that happening again. And just for those of you who you think it through and you want to get more information, go to the Bible. If you've got Bible on your um, iPhone or some other PDA, your computer, go in and do a search. What are the signs of the end of this millennial or this situation biblically? What are the signs? Wars and rumors of war, talking about all the distasteful things we're witnessing and experiencing coming in our government, all of those things, the anger, the hatred, those are signs of the end times. And by the way, if you're a Christian, 
You're looking for Jesus to come back. The Bible says very plainly, when all this stuff begins to happen, just starts, begins to happen, look up because your redemption is just around the corner. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the taco and burrito cravings pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it for a limited time at participating Taco Bell locations near you. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's biggie bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? When you choose a great-tasting Miller Lite, you're choosing on taste. And that's the right choice, not the wrong choice, because right is way better than wrong. You don't try to do the wrong thing. Wrong on, brother? Back off, and I don't even know you. If someone asks you if everything's all wrong, ask them to pull your finger. Ever read The Bill of Wrongs? It was written by James Battison and John Saddams. Drawing a wrong triangle? Place this protractor at 90 degrees and sit on it. What's wrong around the corner? An 8-foot ex-con named Tiny, and he wants your wallet. That's wrong up your alley, just like the drifter feeding moldy muffin stumps to his 13 hairless cats. Got a wrong hand man? I've got a cousin named Randall with clammy hands. The customer's always wrong? Well, that explains the waiter's creepy grin as I ate my toast. Two wrongs do make a wrong. Am I wrong? Wrong. So don't make the wrong choice. Make the right choice. And choose on taste. Triple hops brewed Miller Lite. Taste greatness. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Great beer, great responsibility. Information is leaking out a little bit at a time about the Israeli Defense Forces, the raids that they undertook last night. Nobody knows for sure if this is the big ground incursion that they have warned people that were in Gaza to get out of Gaza if there's any way you can. That happened, gosh, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, and they're still there. But overnight, Israeli Defense Forces have released some footage of an airstrike they say killed senior Hamas commander Hassan al-Abdullah overnight. The footage apparently taken from an Israeli jet, it shows several airstrikes in Gaza, and they conducted, Israel did, 250 such strikes on Hamas targets over just 24 hours. IDF fighter jets carried out a precise airstrike based on IDF and ISA intelligence 
They eliminated the commander of Hamas's northern Khan Yunus rockets array, Hassan al-Abdullah. That's from the IDF in a statement. Al-Abdullah is the only, the latest senior commander Israeli forces have killed. He's unlikely to be the last. Why is that? Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he has vowed and sworn over and over and over again that all Hamas members involved in that October 7th attack on Israel will be killed and that Hamas itself will be destroyed. Probably we're going to keep hearing stories like this every day. And I wonder, I really wonder about that ground strike. They've actually had thousands, tens of thousands of troops amassed up on the uh, the border of Gaza. So all those people inside of Gaza, including Hamas, especially Hamas, can see what's in store for them if they go across in Gaza. Thankfully, Jewish government, Israeli government, they're still biding their time letting more people from Gaza, Gaza City get out and get to some safety before they attack. But we are a long way from seeing that happen. The United States allowed Iran's foreign minister to visit New York City this week. And he was there, too, and he addressed the U.N., drawing the ire of a bunch of critics around the world who insist the Biden administration should never have allowed him into the country. Iran-backed terrorists have attacked our service members now, are currently holding Americans hostage, but the Biden administration has granted a top Iranian official a visa, welcoming this regime on U.S. soil with open arms. That's from Senator Joni Ernst, a Republican from Iowa. The appeasement must end, she added. Why is this happening? Go back and listen to what I had to say, my analysis of it some time ago. If Donald Trump was president, this guy would have never been allowed in the country. In fact, he wouldn't want to come here. It was learned just a little bit ago that Iranian Foreign Minister Hassan, and I can't even say his name, let me try it, Amar Abdalian was coming to New York as early as Monday for that UN Security Council meeting, asked our State Department why he was being allowed in. While he did not attend that meeting, he arrived last night. Iran stayed on Islamic Republic News Agency broadcast video of the minister at the Millennium Hilton Hotel across from the United Nations. I know right where that is. If I was him, I wouldn't want anybody to know that I was staying anywhere where I was staying. There are so many questions that are being asked and so many that are still unanswered. I don't know that we'll get to the bottom of this. I don't know if we'll ever know everything. And so all of these protests, and many of them have turned violent around the nation and around the world, most of them have been pro-Hamas. Well, Jewish students have denounced the pro-Hamas messages that have been projected on their campus library, and they are, according to these Jewish people, absolute anti-Semitism. One Jewish student at George Washington University spoke out after disturbing anti-Israel messages were projected on the wall of the library as anti-Semitism continues 
to ferment on campuses nationwide as a result of this war against Hamas. Sabrina Soffer said she was not surprised by the anti-Semitic messages on the library. Big projection, big screen. It was shown all around the world. But she explained why she still remains fearful nonetheless during the Ingram Angle show last night. I was very shocked, but I wasn't surprised, she said, and I'll tell you why. I think that Jewish students have been warning of this kind of radical ideology by anti-Israel groups on campus. And this is just one extreme manifestation that they're really showing their true colors here. This is absolute anti-Semitism. And what is happening is that there is a lot of radical ideology that's going on in the classroom where terrorism is being justified in very insidious ways. And it's very concerning, she said. My first reaction was, yes, of course I'm afraid. Jewish students are fearful. But again, we shouldn't be surprised. The messages projected on the university's library read, GW, the blood of Palestinians is on your hands. And your tuition is funding genocide in Gaza. Another message wrote, Glory to our martyrs. Soffer said Jewish students stopped in their tracks when they saw the messages on the library and an ongoing pro-Hamas vigil at the same time. She said there were police interventions, but that nothing turned violent. That, of course, is a good thing. Are we seeing the rest of this? You know what? is happening in a bunch of different nations around the world as this is being watched closely. I don't know why it's happening now or if it's happening for the reason that a lot of people think it is. But a lot of countries are closing their borders and Germany is one of those countries and they're taking it one step further. They're doing it because of the fear of who's coming in. Wow! Wouldn't it be wonderful if our administration even gave one little thought to question the millions of people that they have allowed to come in that we have no idea who these people are. They tell us where they're from, but they're not vetted. We don't even know it. German Chancellor Schultz has admitted that too many people are coming into the country illegally, and he vowed to begin deportations on a mass scale. Germany is on pace to see more illegal migrants enter their country than during the European migrant crisis back in 2016. And that was a hailstorm. It was unbelievable what was happening in Germany. I was there. I was actually staying in Switzerland, but we went into Germany. I told you I went to Dachau. It was on that trip. And this was going on then. Nighttime in the big cities in Germany, Nobody went outdoors. Gang groups, they were really terrorist migrants, would go on out in the streets and run all over these big cities. Women were scared to death, wouldn't go out at night, and if they had to, they always went with a male. And all those people were armed all the time. Amid growing calls throughout Europe to crack down on illegal immigration in the wake of the Islamist terrorist attacks, and other incidents of anti-Semitic crimes, leftist German leader Schultz 
has joined the course of leaders, finally who are acknowledging unfettered waves of illegals breaking into Europe must stop. Too many people are coming, the chancellor said. We must finally deport on a large scale those who have no right to stay in Germany. So his comments came as data revealed by the German Federal Police on Saturday showed their country, Germany, is on pace to exceed the record levels of illegals set during the 2016 European migrant crisis, which came after Schultz's predecessor, Angela Merkel, opened the gates of Europe to millions of migrants from the Middle East and Africa. According to police data reported by public broadcasters, 21,000 366 illegals broke into Germany in September alone. That's the highest monthly figure since February of 2016. Oh my gosh. 21,366 in September alone. Folks, 21,000, that's not even a good day for illegals to come into the United States overnight. We have that happen every day. In Germany, in total, 92,119 illegally entered the country between the beginning of the year and September, meaning that this year is on pace to surpass the record of 112,000 illegals who came in 2016. Chancellor Schultz, who's left this Social Democrat Party, for short, it's SPD, and government coalition partner, the Greens have long opposed measures to clamp down on illegals, claim that his government will stand together on increasing deportations. Those who are not likely to be granted permission to stay in Germany because they can't claim a need for protection, they must go back. To make that possible, our public authorities must be reachable around the clock so that somebody can actually be deported when the police take them into custody. Donald Trump actually said that when he's reelected, he will become the deporter in chief. Now, he's not gone into the details about how that's going to be handled or what it's going to look like. If he has, I haven't seen it. But I can promise you, this time, he will do anything and everything that's necessary to control immigration at our southern border, something that Joe Biden, Barack Obama, every governor, every member of the House of Representatives or the Senate declared, swore an oath to do just that, honor and enforce the rule of law, the laws in the Constitution, and duly pass laws, federal, state, and local. And Joe Biden, not only is he not having his people enforce those laws, He's threatening them if they do just that, if they do their job. Democrats in large, I've talked to a bunch of them. Since Mike Johnson was elected to be the Speaker of the House yesterday, I can't tell you how many emails and texts I've gotten from people. And at first it was split right down the middle. People that were happy about that happening. And on the other side, people that think we're dead. Why are you bringing that up, Dan? It's all about politics. It's the whole environment of politics. I 
hate it. I hate it. It foments anger and hate. It's divisive. We have switched our modus operandi. We have switched it from learning to be and striving to be open to listen and allow anybody to express their opinions about anything and everything. It's part of the Constitution. First Amendment, our forefathers put in there to make sure the government never took our right to speak about whatever and make our opinions known freely about whatever. It didn't matter. That's enshrined in the Constitution. It's been confirmed again and again and again by cases that come before the U.S. Supreme Court. If we ever lose that, this nation is toast. But people that I talk to, they're angry. They're angry. Even people that are glad, that are glad that the Israeli people are getting help from nations like us and they're pushing back against tyranny. They're angry, though, that so little is being done by our leaders to do things, accomplish things like enforcing the rule of law, making sure immigrants that come into this nation that are only supposed to be here legally, going through the legal immigration process, which was signed into law, Revised numerous times, but Joe Biden was part of that when he was a U.S. senator and was in Senate leadership for decades. How does any American justify breaking the law? How many people think that it's okay for them to do it? Why? Because they're not being held accountable for either doing it, supporting it, suborning it, setting it up on purpose to open the doors so these people can come over here for whatever their reason or reasons are for. There are lots of reasons. But hey, what criminal commits a crime when they don't see some benefit for them to commit the crime? And top of the list is they don't want to kill somebody because they'll be held accountable for killing somebody. You ever steal anything when you were little from a grocery store, convenience store? You ever take it and your mother or dad caught you with it? That happened to me one time. I've told the story here before. After that, I would never even think about it. I wouldn't go into a C-store by myself because why? I was going to be held accountable by my mom or dad, preferably my mom, but I was going to be held accountable regardless Do any of these illegals that are coming across from 160-plus countries in the world, are they afraid of the accountability issue if they come over here? No, because Joe Biden's president, Alejandro Mayorkas, is the Secretary of Homeland Security. Both of those people together, they want as many illegals as possible in the nation for a multitude of reasons And to do that, they had to turn their back on the rule of law, and they got to make it okay for them, the political pundits, the people that are in charge of our government. They have unilateral power and authority now to do whatever they want to do regarding the law, and they're not being held accountable. Why would we expect it to stop? 
And so now, more and more people, I, I, I brought up Mike Johnson yesterday, more and more people are realizing our government's in a stalemate. It's unfunctional, and it's been put there purposely. People on the left, universally on the left, want the government to maintain a position of power over every sector of Americans' lives. It doesn't matter if it's illegal being over those things or if it's illegal. If anybody in our government takes illegal actions against other people, but our leaders on the left think it's okay and want it to happen, they know they're not going to be held accountable. Christopher Ray, he's fomented so much illegal activity under the FBI watching all this stuff happen on his watch. He doesn't care. He knows he's not going to be held accountable. Who's going to hold him accountable? He's in an unelected position. He's appointed by a president. He works technically for Merrick Garland, the attorney general who was in the same place as Christopher Ray. They do whatever they're told because they know they're not going to be held accountable for it. And, of course, they're usually promised with some Joe quid pro quo thing, hey, you do this, we're going to make this available, or we're not going to do this to you if you do something wrong. That is happening every day in Washington, D.C. And unless and until we take over that process and make it happen as it's supposed to do legally, we're sliding down a slippery slope towards hell. No question about it. Now still, and this is a good thing, the reason I brought this up about Mike Johnson I want to point this out. A good thing is happening. Every time more bad news comes out about former President Trump, something happens in one of these 30 or 40 or 50 lawsuits, charges against him by those in the Biden administration and the nut job, the uh, DA down in Georgia that's after Trump. Every time a story comes out, Donald Trump's approval ratings among you and me the people of America go up. Poll came out yesterday. Trump appears to be trending ahead of Joe Biden in a series of regional and national battleground state polls ahead of a potential 2024 rematch between Joe and Donald. Trump is beating Biden in several key swing states. Nobody expected this. Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin And he's leading anywhere from two points to five points nationally. Several polling analysts have said that the former president appears to be leading Biden in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup, but some aren't convinced the trend is predictive of the 2024 outcome. There certainly has been a trend towards Trump in the polls. That's coming from Nathan Klein, who's a pollster for On Message Incorporated. The interesting thing, is that it started about the end of September. And he said, I say this because my initial gut instinct was to cite the lack of leadership from Biden during the crisis in Israel. Few voters make ballot decisions on foreign policy, but when it comes to strong leadership, there is a huge lack thereof from this White House, or perhaps I should say 
from this Delaware beach house. That topic comes up in that poll, and Americans don't like that. In Michigan, the former president's ahead of Biden by seven points. Seven points in Michigan. Nobody would think it would even be possible. Trump is leading Biden in Pennsylvania by nine. That's according to an Emerson College poll published yesterday. Another Emerson College poll that came out the following day showed the former president ahead of Biden in Wisconsin, 42 to 40. Another poll released mid-October conducted by Biden supporting Super Political Action Committee, Unite the Country, found that Trump and Biden are dead tied at 50% across Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Among voters who held negative views of both candidates, Trump holds a three-point lead over Biden. Now, in 2016, Trump won all three of those states, all three of them, but he lost them to Biden in 2020. And then you look at Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, swing states, all of. Trump is beating Biden by four points. Now, that's according to Bloomberg News, and they hate Donald Trump at Bloomberg. Individually polled, Trump is winning in all of the swing states but Michigan, where he's tied with Biden at 44%, and Nevada, where the president is up three. Robert Cahaley, senior strategist, pollster at the Trafalgar Group, he's pretty sure the trend is indicative of American voters souring on Biden as he continues to tout what views as a positive economic record. Bidenomics, oh, it's doing a great job. (laughs) As well as the current world affairs following the Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel. To me, having monitored it for a while, he said, it doesn't surprise me. It's been a growing trend. I think it's predictive of 2024 because they haven't understood to keep talking about Bidenomics like it's successful. When the average people are still suffering from inflation, it's only driving their voters apart even more. More. Nationally, Trump is leading Biden anywhere from two to five points, is gaining ground among young voters. That's according to recent polling. Trump's ahead of Biden 46 to 41, increasing his margin by one point for a head-to-head matchup. That's in Harvard's Harris poll. It was released on Monday this week. The same poll shows his margin would grow against Biden by one point in a three-way race with newly independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in the mix. Two points in a four-way matchup with progressive candidate Cornell West. A mid-October poll conducted by Hart Research and Public Opinion Strategies found that Trump would beat Biden by four. Another poll released October 10th conducted by The Messenger show Trump leading Biden 45 to 41. Trump's also beating Biden by three points in a premise poll published October 15th. Why are you giving us all these numbers? I told you over and over and over again, the reason we do that is to show trends. Only a fool would pull one particular poll out and say, hey, This one says Biden's going to win. He's going to win. Those are all opinions, folks, 
opinions, almost every one of them, they're not calling people that they know. They're doing random calling, and they have their specific things. They want to call only Democrats. They want to call uh, Democrats and Republic, uh, Republican supporters who are in such and such an age, sex, all those things. But if you look at the total, if you put them all together, mash them into a bowl, and you get a sense Nobody can credibly say right now that Biden is ahead of former President Trump. And because of that, Joe Biden prays every night before he goes to bed. Don't let this happen, God. (laughs) Don't let this happen. Let him convict Donald Trump of some of these fake charges that we've leveled against him. It doesn't matter which of the two wins. This is a point, a historical point, that is about as vile as the assassinations of Lincoln and Kennedy. And history is going to document that going forward. Do you know why I know that? It doesn't matter if the leftists, they find a way to totally control the historical narrative of everything. And they lie They make things appear to be something that they're not, whatever they try to do. It's going to resonate because we, the people, are going to be a part of it. And that means facts will survive. Hey, guys. Thanks for being here. Have a great Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9, 9 to 11, Monday through Friday at TNN Live. See you tomorrow. I saw the sunrise in New Orleans. Darkness ends again tomorrow